Why should I?
Good morning. Now, I wanted to show that video. I came across that video because I want us to come to this text today that we're in. As, as Pastor Josh said, it's very familiar to us. And it's easy just to, to glaze over the Christmas story and think of it as so long ago and the normal characters and the normal things that happen. And so this shows a contemporary view. And I know any contemporary, you know, thing that's kind of showed something from the past has its shortcomings, obviously. But this shows us that this was a real family. This was a family that was poor, that was the lowest of the low, and this was a real family. And, and even when you look at Jesus' family tree, it was a, there was brokenness in Jesus' family tree, wasn't there? You know, even look at just a character like David and the brokenness that because of the choices he made. But that the Son of God came down into this broken situation, this brokenness, and brought light. And so again, it gives us a contemporary perspective to remember that and not just glaze over that. Um, this morning, you know, we sang Christmas songs. How many of you like Christmas songs, like singing Christmas carols? I, I love Christmas music. I know there's, there's some of the population that don't like it at all. But I think as believers, as followers in Jesus, we should love Christmas music. The ones that, that glorify Jesus. The one that talks about his birth and his coming. And so this week, in the past few weeks, particularly this week, I've just been just pouring myself just Christmas music, listening to it as I've been preparing this sermon. My kids are even like, can we just turn off the music for a little bit, Dad? But I was like, no, keep it going. Because they are declaring, they are proclaiming these songs we sang this morning. And as we've been going through this uh, series here in Advent called Expect the Unexpected, in the book of Luke, there are songs. And we've already talked about Zechariah. Pastor Josh preached on Zechariah and on Simeon. And there are different songs that they have. And now we come to another song here, a very well-known song of Mary. So we want to look at this this morning we want to just come to this. I'm very excited to preach this morning because this is a good word. We are a couple days from Christmas, and we get to look at a song of a teenage girl who brought the Son of God into our world. So let's stand and let's read from the book of Luke together. Luke chapter 1, verses 39 to 56. I'm reading from the ESV translation. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. 
And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to her fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. And Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her home. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for this time. We thank you for this season that we are in where we celebrate you. Thank you, Lord, for coming into our darkness, for coming into our world, for bringing us salvation. And as we come to this word today, may we see this song. May we see this song, Lord, of your earthly mother just praising, exalting your name. And may we exalt with her. May we praise your name this morning. So I pray, Lord, that my words would be your words that we would have your truth spoken today and we would leave this place praising your name, thinking about how you came, thinking about how you lived and your promise to return. Lord Jesus, thank you for this time we have as your people to worship you, to magnify your name today together. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. So this passage is called Mary's song or the Magnificat, which when I thought about this word Magnificat, I knew it meant something else. I thought it actually meant magnificent. It's another word for magnificent. It's not. Another word for it is actually in Latin is magnify. The first word in here is magnify. And I love this picture we have up here of Mary visiting Elizabeth. And just just to give some context of the story, try to come to this story fresh once again. Mary had Gabriel visit her and tell her what was to happen. And Mary asked, how is this going to happen? I'm, I'm a virgin. And yet then Gabriel told her how the Spirit would come upon her. And she didn't have many other questions or worries or anything. She just said, let it be done unto me as you have said. This teenage girl, Mary, was between, we're not sure the exact age, between probably 14 or 18. She was a, a lowly servant, a maid servant, the lowest of the low. And then shortly after this, a few months later, she goes to visit Elizabeth, who is a relative, who is either a cousin or an aunt. And just think about this. You have this teenage girl taking this journey by herself, which was quite a journey. If you think about the Christmas story, Mary traveled quite a bit, probably the most she ever did in her whole life. Traveled to visit Elizabeth, traveled to Bethlehem, traveled to Egypt, and the Lord just, she just was willing to go. And she goes to visit Elizabeth. And as she walks in the door, Elizabeth pronounces, as it says here, she she shouts out. She shouts out. She heard the greeting of Mary. Just picture the scene. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Can you picture this scene? And within inside Elizabeth, who is probably around 88 years old, should not have been pregnant at all, she is carrying John the Baptist, who was the forerunner, who was to make the way 
for Jesus. And you have two expectant ladies. One's a teenager. One is, one is elderly. And babies in their wombs who are going to change the entire history of the world. And John inside, it says John was filled with the Holy Spirit from birth, leapt inside. You know, my, my family, my wife, have been through many pregnancies, and I've felt the baby kick, and those things are amazing. But this baby jumped for joy because he knew who was inside the person that was across from him. Praise the Lord. And so this word magnify, I want to look at. What, what does it mean? What does it mean? Well, first one, before we come to that here, when I want to give a couple things about, a few things about Mary we can take from. See, Mary was a woman of the word. This week, as I was going through commentaries and studying, I had the wisdom to say, I should call my dad. You know, my dad used to be a pastor. My dad is a man of the word. If there's one thing I think about, if someone asks me, explain your dad or describe your dad, he is a man of the word. He memorizes scripture. He steeps himself in it. And I'm so thankful for that. And so I called my dad up and said, Dad, I'm preaching on the Magnificate. Talk to me. Let's discuss this. And the first thing that he said to me is, you need to remember that Mary was a woman of the word. She was a, a good Jewish girl who would have known the scriptures, who would have been steeped in the scriptures. And we know that because of this song. This song is packed with Old Testament allusions, Old Testament references. Some say between 22 and 25 different references are within these verses. She knew her word. And so when it came time to exalt and sing a song, her song, the lyrics, were the word of God. Let that be an encouragement and reminder to us here as parents. Fill your kids with the word. Teach them the word. We have our wonderful Awana program that teaches them the word. Bring them to church. There's nothing better that you can do in your child's life than to help them walk through the word, to teach them the word. Because that's what Mary was. She would have gone to the temple. She would have known these scriptures. And so when she sang, she sang the lyrics of her life were the scriptures. She was a woman of the word. Let us not forget that. Maybe this was even one reason why she was chosen. See, because God saw her. God saw this lowly servant working, maybe even reciting verses as she was cleaning floors. We don't know. But God looked upon her in her humble estate as she sings and says, that's who I'm going to use to bring my son into this world. She was a woman of the word. She was a woman of worship. This song is full of worship. She is worshiping the child that she is carrying within her. My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. He is mighty. He has done great things for me. As a side note, I know we've been saying Merry Christmas this morning. I saw this in, in a sermon that I'd watched. Do you know the word Mary used to mean something else? You know, Mary, we say right now, means happiness. It means joy. Mary, back many, many years ago, meant mighty. 
something I learned this week. So when you think of like Robin Hood and his merry men, it wasn't all happy men walking around. It was merry men, strong men. David and his merry men. And when we say Merry Christmas, we can say that means mighty. God rest ye merry gentlemen actually means God rest ye mighty men. So when we say Merry Christmas, we need to remember, first of all, keep saying Merry Christmas. Instead of happy holidays and all these things, I challenge us all here. Merry Christmas because it means that mighty. It means Christ. She was a woman of worship. In the Christmas season, sometimes we get to become frenetic shoppers and we become consumers and we become gatherers and we become planners. We need to remember to be worshipers. That is what Christmas is all about, is worship. And that is what Mary is doing here. And that is why this song has transcended for thousands of years and has been sung and looked at and there's books on it because it is worship. Magnificat. Magnify. And I want to talk about this word magnify, what it means. See, there are two types, there's two kinds of magnifying. I found this quote from John Piper. So you can, a microscope magnifies, right? It makes small things look bigger than it is. You can look at a little dust mite and it seems like a massive, huge thing when you look through a microscope. It magnifies in that way. You know, this, this, this quote here from John Piper says, we are not called to be microscopes. We are called to be telescopes. We're going to get the telescope. There it is. Christians are not called to be con men who magnify the product out of all proportion in reality when they know the competitor's product is far superior. There is nothing and nobody superior to God. And so the calling of those who love God, the calling of us, is to make his greatness begin to look as great as it really is. The whole duty of the Christian can be summed up with this. Feel think and act in a way that will make God look as great as he really is. Be a telescope for the world of the infinite starry wealth of the glory of God. I love that. This is what it means for a Christian to magnify God. But you can't magnify what you haven't seen or what you quickly forget. Therefore, our first task is to see and remember the greatness and goodness of God. So we pray to God, open the eyes of my heart, in Ephesians 1.18. And we preach to our souls, soul forget not all his benefits, in Psalm 103.2. Family, we need to be telescopic worshipers. See him as he is. Display the greatness of God to one another and to God. See, when we worship, when we sang songs this morning, there was a horizontal plane happening. We were singing, we were hearing each other, as Pastor Josh mentioned. Hearing our voices, encouraging each other just through singing. The horizontal. And there's a vertical, which we are praising God. See, a telescope doesn't need to make things seem bigger. It already is big and you're looking through it. And that is what Mary was. She was a telescopic worshiper and we need to be the same. losing some of my slides here. So be a telescope, not a microscope. Mary was a poor and pregnant teenager from a small, rough town. A 
And yet God decided to use her. And this is what's been so impressed in my heart this week. Just We need to remember that and capture that. This whole song talks about the lowly. It talks about the humble. It talks about those who are high up are actually going to be brought down. She's talking about things from the past. She's praising in the present. And she's also thinking to the future. There is a personal aspect to this song. Praise God for what you have done to me. Thank you, Lord, that you have decided to use me. And when she says that I'm going to be blessed, that doesn't mean that, oh, look at me, look at me. I'm, I'm so high up and blessed. It means, no, that, that God has decided to look upon me and he's blessed me. And so we all are blessed. Jesus was not just a local, regional Messiah. He is the universal Messiah who came for all. And she knew that. You know, I found, I found a meme here and I kind of, Put my own little twist on and change it here if it comes up here. We'll go back. Oh, we'll go. Is there a meme in there? Okay, well, then it's not there for some reason. But you know the song that we sing at Christmas time? And, and I'm not saying I don't like this song, but it made me think more about it. Mary, did you know? Beautiful song. I'm sure many of us enjoy it and sing it. Mary, did you know that this baby boy, you know the lyrics probably? She knew! So I had this, you know, this meme that was, you know, if you've seen the Batman meme where slapping Robin, and I had this passage here. She knew who she carried. She knew that she was carrying the Savior of the world. She knew what he was going to do. She knew the power. Mary knew so much that all she could do when she walked into this house and met with Elizabeth, they didn't sit down and be like, well, How's the pregnancy going? Like, this is pretty crazy. And the angel came to me. The angel came to you. No. No, Elizabeth praised God and actually prophesied right then and there. And then Mary could do nothing but sing out in song like a musical. Like Mary Poppins. She's just singing a song. Because she's so full of the spirit and joy. There's joy in Mary. There's joy in Elizabeth. There's joy in John. And there's definitely joy found in Jesus Christ. This is a season of joy. So she knew. And there's this quote I found from Stu Epperson, who's wrote a book called Cradle to the Cross, and she says, he says this about Mary, this quote here. This is, this is, really, this is really powerful. It makes you think in a different way, because we go from Mary and Jesus being born, then all of a sudden... Jesus' ministry started. We don't have all those years of him learning with his dad Joseph how to build things and work with wood. And we don't have that. The toddler years. Right now, you know, Sue and I are parents in these years. What about those? So he has this quote. Listen to this quote here. I have it on the screen actually for you here. My slides are all over the place. I'm sorry, but that's okay. Scott, can you put up that quote if you want? She fed the one who would feed the 5,000. He who floated safely in her belly would one day walk on stormy water. She dressed the one who had clothed her in righteousness. She bundled his tiny hands and feet long before they were pierced with nails of iron. She cuddled his tender side years before it would be thrust through with a Roman spear. Before the whip, the stripes or the blows, his teeny smooth back she caressed. Christmas was more real to Mary than it was for any other human. And one hand at the foot of his cross, knowing he hung there to make them eternally merry. 
Well, that's pretty emotional to think. You know, even as Pastor Josh was speaking last week, that when she met with Simeon, could she have known? When did she flash back to that when she stood at that cross? And I don't know if you've seen the, the message every year that Briarcrest puts out that, that uh, President Powalki does. And this year was fantastic. If you haven't seen it, check it out because it's kind of talking about past. He actually is dressed up as a, as a former student as he was in a letterman jacket. And then he's talking about the present and then the future. Because he says we need to remember the manger and the babe in the manger. Absolutely. We need to remember the Savior on the cross. Absolutely. But we also need to remember that that same Savior is going to come back. See, when he came, he came as a humble baby. When he died on the cross, he died as, as someone who just opened up his hands and said, Lord, let your will be done. But when he returns to this earth, he will come to subdue. He will come to be the conquering king. And in this Christmas season, we need to remember that as well. She was a woman of the word. She was a woman who worshipped. She was a woman who waited. As I was talking to my dad as well, he's like, you know, think about all the timing that was happening here. He had to get them to the town of David, right? And so just at that time, there was the census where Caesar had everybody needs to go to their hometown. And so they did. Galatians talks about how Jesus came in the fullness of time. The Savior came into the world. The timing was perfect. It was inopportune for Mary, for Joseph. But yet, this was the timing that God made. So in our own lives, sometimes things seem op- inopportune. Maybe there's going to be things happening over the next couple days that you're going to be like, this wasn't the plan. Because we all have our Christmas plans in your schedule. I've talked to a lot of you this morning. said, what are you doing? What are your plans? Are you going to be here? Or we're going in here on this day, on this day. We don't know, first of all, what's going to happen. But we know that God is the one that holds it. And he is the one that, even in inopportune times, does the impossible. And we see that in this story as well. She waited. You know, the Magnificat, I picture as just her, just, it it was a praise song, but I think there was a quietness to it. She was at peace. She was praising. She waited. She even waited with Elizabeth for three months just to be with her as a support. She was not someone who was rushing, who was doing this and this and trying to figure things out. She just waited on the Lord. And this whole time, as Pastor Josh was saying too, there's about 400 years of silence where everybody was waiting. And now this promise has been fulfilled. The promise of the sun has come. The light has come into the darkness. This is what we sing about. This is what we remember. There is salvation in this babe. The woman who witnessed, whether the slide comes up or not. We sang this morning, go tell it on the mountain. She couldn't keep the song to herself. She had to sing it out. She had to sing it out for all generations. He is mighty. He's done great things for me and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him. She talks about his mercy and she feared the Lord. He has shown strength with his arm. He's scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts 
And as I said, we remember Jesus will return and any king who is on a crown will be brought down. Anybody who thinks they hold power in this world will hold nothing. They will not hold a candle to the king of kings. He talks about he's filled the hungry with good things and think about Jesus' ministry and how he helped those in need and the poor. He helped his servant Israel. She was a woman who witnessed and we need to be witnesses as well as we know the word of God. We didn't need to be there at Jesus' birth. We know through the accounts of the gospels what happened and what took place and we can't hide that in our hearts. Because at this season, the enemy works overtime, doesn't he? And telling us about how this is actually, you need the Christmas cheer and you need the Christmas spirit. You know what the Christmas spirit is to me is the Holy Spirit. We need to remember, as already was mentioned today, that Christmas is about Christ. Christmas is about Christ. It's not about the Christmas spirit. It's about the Holy Spirit and the work that he did through all those involved in the birth of Jesus. I want to say this as well. Mary was a teenager, as we mentioned, but all throughout even our series, we've talked about people like Simeon, Zechariah, Anna, and they were older. And I want to say something to those of you who are here of the older generation that God has not passed you by. That God decided to use those who are of the older generation in the coming of his son. And so don't think that God has passed you by and that you are done because you are not done. Throughout scripture, God uses those who are further in years. And he did in this story, so I want to encourage you. Remember that. No matter what age you are, if you are here, God can use you. And he has not forgotten you and he has not passed you by. See, Christmas is not just about family getting together, although that's great. It's about how our Father sent his Son to bring us together with him once again. It's not about buying presents. It's about his presence with us as Emmanuel. Christmas is about Christ. And Mary knew that. And she exalted him above all. The sermon today is called Exaltation. Do we do the same? Is Christ really at the center of your Christmas? Is it one where you're stressed and maybe you've been frazzled and running around, even today, hectic, trying to get things, prepare things? Or are you fixing your eyes? Are we fixing our eyes on the Messiah in the manger, the Messiah on the cross, and the Messiah who beat death and rose again? and the Messiah who will return to rescue and subdue. What are your heart and your eyes on this Christmas? If it's not on Christ, then you need to refix your focus and fix your eyes on him in this season and beyond. It's so easy to get caught up in these things. So this is the wonderful song we have. I encourage you to take some time in these coming days before Christmas, read it again and praise God in your own life for what he has done. You know, we are going to have next Sunday a time where we're going to come together. Last year, I was preaching over at the gathering. We are gathered together. And if you remember, all the chaos that was happening here inside Briarcrest with the, with the flooding and the water and all the things going on. And I had a sermon prepared. And I woke up that morning. And I felt like we need to just pray 
And so we had a time of prayer, those of you that were there, praying, thanking the Lord, praying for the situation. And so as Pastor Josh and I were talking, we were like, let's, let's do that this year more on purpose. Let's get together and praise God for what he's done. So I encourage you, think about that. Read back through Mary's song. Read through the whole Christmas account and praise God for what he did and what he is going to do. And we have the opportunity this morning. I think it's wonderful that we have communion throughout Advent. Because even you see the, the picture here, we have the Lord's Supper prepared here. But behind it, we have the picture of the Nativity. And behind the picture of the Nativity, we have the cross. This is the picture of Christmas all right here. This is the picture of Jesus' life and death and resurrection. So we're going to take some time here and do that. We need to remember this is all about worshiping him.